0: Hi, I'm Shelley, and I'm Cam, and this is Translating ADHD. Last time, we expanded our conversation on impact to talk about positive impact, and specifically to talk about the first step in having positive impact as a person with ADHD, which is understanding and embracing your own unique brain wiring. Today we're going to zoom out a little bit and talk about why positive impact is a cornerstone of the work that we do with our clients and some pathways to begin creating positive impact in your own life. Cam?
1: I think that one of the reasons why we like working with each other, Shelley, is because we have a similar take on the work that we do with our clients. We have a similar philosophy. And that philosophy. Yeah. And that philosophy is that. Even though we're ADHD coaches, we don't just work with people around their ADHD, right? Recognizing that they're humans, they have basic needs and basic wants. Um, one of those wants is to be fulfilled. And we help them manage their ADD or ADHD because ADHD gets in the way of having a fulfilling and successful, determined by the individual, life. So that in a way, uh, this this is, as we talk about this, we're really talking about our work and, and what we do with our clients and the value of having a bigger positive impact, right? In a way, this is our own version of having a bigger positive impact.
0: Absolutely. Um- right. I think one can look to your tagline as a great description of what we do, and I borrow it quite often. You know, We help our clients match action with intention. And why do we do that? Well, we do that so that they can be, do, and have what they want in life. And for a lot of our clients, it seems like a mystery. Even if they know what they want, they don't know how to get there. They don't know how to start creating that positive impact.
1: I'm always struck by one of the core values of most of my clients is integrity. It's something that is really important to them and yet something that they really struggle with, but it has nothing to do with their character, has nothing to do with character flaw or discipline. It has everything to do with ADHD, right? That ADHD is a challenge with respect to being in integrity, doing as you say you will do. And so uh, this hits home for a lot of individuals, right? This hits at a core and that all humans want to have an impact. And so when we help our clients with managing their ADHD, then... There's the, there's the groundwork, the tactical that we're doing, but there's also this strategic high level goal work and part of that goal work is to really establish these positive visions of success. And I would say also realistic, because that's another thing that can happen with ADHD is that we can create unrealistic visions of success or that or a should there, right? Uh, well, Adam Levine has ADHD, and so, He's been successful, and that's my version of success is to be like Adam Levine, right?
0: I don't think that's going to happen for you, Cam.
1: <laughs> <laughs> really? I, it's
0: mine. I'm,
1: I'm still waiting. <laughs> still waiting.
0: Um, given um, that it's your musical talents uh, as the <laughs> intro... And outro music Uh, (laughs) to our podcast. Um, Maybe our audience can be the judge as to whether you have hopes of being the next Adam Levine. Uh, But yeah, this is a great point. So when I work with clients, I call this the big agenda. And my first job, in my opinion, as a coach is to help my clients get clear on a big agenda that is realistic, but that also really speaks to what that client wants. Right? Clients usually come to us problems first, right? So the notion of the big agenda is to get outside of the problems a little bit of the lateness or the what you're not doing or the procrastination or whatever may have you and get to who am I becoming in this process? Why now? What do I want? Is it within my reach realistically? And if it's not within my reach right now, what needs to change? What needs to happen to make it within my reach, and that is the point that we start getting into actionable coaching work right? right? What needs to change in order for me to get to this place that I want to go
1: the We've used the rope bridge as a metaphor here right that the rope bridge is this um, again when we think about a rope bridge, we often think of these sort of shaky wobbly bridges. I think that explains taking action and getting things done for um, individuals with ADHD, right? Inconsistent hit or miss at times. And so when we think about really the, what are we attaching that rope bridge to, uh, to the far side w- with our clients, we're really imagining positive outcomes, not just a relief of the negative, right? Uh, make, which is often how my clients come to coaching, Is just make this go away. And so that can be helpful, but to really visualize what is that positive outcome that occurs, right? If we start to manage the ADD and successfully get across that rope bridge, right? To have um, to match action with intention. And then on the near side of that rope bridge is to what are we standing on, right? Your own personal values, what matters to you. Uh, resources. And I think that that's sort of something this is going to be part of what we talk about today is what is a positive impact and the pathways there. So can I start with my rant? I'm ready to go with my rant, Shelly.
0: I love a good cam rant. Take it cam away. Rant.
1: Those of us with ADHD are we're always looking for models. We're looking for examples of others who have been successful before us. And unfortunately um, what we see out there is you always see either famous dead people or you see celebrities who are successful with ADHD. And, and those stories are, they're inspiring, they're wonderful, but they're, they're not necessarily realistic. And they often will paint a picture of a very specific definition of success, right? Like Richard Branson's success, Michael Phelps' success. And so, I, they're they're f- inspiring stories, but not all of us are going to become like Richard Branson, right? Oh, and, Cam,
0: you're dashing my dreams here. <laughs>
1: well, and you 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 dash you dash mine, when oh. I can't be like uh, Adam Levine. So fair enough, um, right? And so, it, the thing to to be mindful of is there are these are inspirational stories but they're not necessarily t- to be excellent examples of uh, realistic pathways forward right so scott kelly uh, he is a he is an astronaut and he talked about the seminal moment for him when he read the right stuff he read the right stuff and it it was a game changer for him right the right stuff is the it's about the the early days of the um mercury program but also about chuck yeager and and the whole uh test pilot program uh, in the southwest and he read that and he well what does he do he becomes a test pilot right then he becomes an astronaut and he and his his uh, identical twin are now front and center with um one of them, not remembering which one, is running for, for Senate now and raising a tremendous amount of money, right? So, but there's an example of, of like finding that positive outcome, right? Emi- imagining this and then going ahead and doing it. Well, I did the same thing. I read the right stuff, uh, I think, maybe as a senior in high school and you know, f- imagined flying jets. Right? Am I flying jets? Did I become an astronaut? No. Um, It certainly was inspiring, but it didn't absolutely flip a switch for me. And so, uh, the thing is, is that let these stories be inspiring, but not necessarily models for your own success. And this is where we can kind of loosen up a little bit there. Because what we can do is kind of like, we have this all or nothing approach Like that success is only, you know, these models of Adam Levine or Richard Branson or Scott Kelly, when in fact, there's many, many people out there who have ADHD, who are finding their way and having a bigger impact. So, determining what that bigger impact is, right, is is really a starting place.
0: Yeah, and I want to add to what you just said, especially around that switch flipping, right? Because I think it's important to call out that that is in and of itself an outlier, right? So be cautious when your role model's story start with that one aha and everything falling into place. Because I don't know about you, Cam, but in my experience, a lot of my clients seem to be chasing that when they first come to coaching, right? If I can just have that one aha.
1: That one break.
0: Yeah. And then everything will line up and fall into place. And while we all sort of hope that we have that someday, recognize that that is an outlier. That is not the typical experience. I would right. say that coaching is the, the experience of having a lot of smaller ahas over time. Right. Building on those over time.
1: Right. You know, the other thing is that it's, it's also Scott is telling a good story, but it's likely not that accurate, right? Going back to the story of Hewlett Packard, right, which is these two guys in the garage who start their business and again they often will talk about this one moment or you know this lucky break when in fact it is multiple moments right of making decisions and moving forward right that scott did not become who he is now the astronaut by one move Right, but to really consider and start to align himself around what does that mean, right? To pay attention in school, to do better, and to move forward there. I think that the other thing I'll say is there's another place. So that was a great example, Shelley, or a, a great spot where we can get hung up is kind of thinking that there's one switch or there's one move that needs to happen, when in fact it's uh, a little more complicated than that, and and many of them that go together. I think so. So that term I would call that process, right? There's a process involved. Be curious about that process, and we talked about change. This is under the process of change, of how do I create this change that I want to have happen? The other thing that happens is this: is so we're going to invite you to go big right? And be a part of something bigger than yourself. But don't try to think that all the way out to the end, right? And have that picture of success before you start, right? I think that that's where people can get hung up is they kind of hang back and they don't put their toe in the water, right? To get get, get wet, get your hands dirty, and let your uh, activities and experiences inform how you proceed forward, right? To, to get in there and if you're interested in one area, to volunteer or to have that experience of working in that environment and let that inform, as opposed to trying to kind of paint this picture and then just jump right into it.
0: Yeah. And I actually, I'm going to throw in an side here, and this is completely spontaneous, but it's so relevant. Um, I read a book book not too long ago called Why Greatness Cannot Be Planned, The Myth of the Objective. And I don't have the book or the authors in front of me, but I will put that in the show notes. And on its premise, this sounds like the most un-ADHD friendly book on the planet because it's written by two computer scientists who are studying, studying artificial intelligence And what they started to discover is when they planned an objective for their artificial intelligence, let's say that a robot is able to find its way through a doorway, they had worse outcomes than when they did not plan an objective. And so they started thinking about this and looking at cases in history where having an objective in mind would have been a detriment rather than an asset. And they talk about things like the invention of the computer and how the first step in having the computer was the creation of vacuum tubes, which weren't created for computing. They were created for something else. So anyway, the, the entire premise that they're going on is that rather than trying to plan to an endpoint, just follow the next stepping stone And at each stepping stone, there is an opportunity to evaluate. It's that whole awareness thing, right? To evaluate, to learn from where you've been, and then to decide which step to take next. And so though the authors don't have ADHD and it's not a book intended for an ADHD audience, I personally found it very validating because I feel like that's the story of my career. I am most successful when I just take the next step. And I don't worry too much about what the end point is so long as that next step feels right. And I know that whether or not that step in and of itself is successful or is the direction I'm going to take, it will be valuable in that I will learn something from it and it will inform my next step after that.
1: Nicely worded, nicely said. And and this sort of this, this smaller process around Having an experience and learning from your experience, and then moving forward. And letting that experience and the learning from that experience inform your next experience, which, by the way, ADHD can disrupt any of those, right? Getting into that experience, reflecting and learning from that experience, retooling, realigning for the next experience. ADHD can disrupt that process all along because all of those have to do with firing of executive functions, right? The 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 activating for task, the sustaining effort, and then you know coming to a close, reflecting, pivoting, and turning forward. And there's that knowing is the key, right? Is your knowing that that works for you. Right. And that knowing has come from The actual practice. Would you agree?
0: Yes, absolutely. Um, Practice and also reflection on past experiences, because (laughs) upon reading that book, it not only normalized it for me, but it also made me reflect on when I've been successful in the past. And it made me realize that not only is it okay for me to operate this way, this is optimal. It is optimal for me to operate in a way where. I take a step and then I evaluate. I don't worry too much about whether that step is the end-all be-all. And honestly, that philosophy is the entire reason this podcast exists. You know, big barrier for me and starting a podcast was the end point. Was it going to be good enough? Was I going to be successful? Well, with this approach, I'm just trying it on, right? Right. We're going to adapt with feedback. We'll see where it goes. I hope we're successful. But if not, there's something to learn for the next podcast or the next iteration of this podcast or the adjustments we make.
1: And you're 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 actually also um, giving a great example of back to lo- looking for models for success. Right, is not to just look for f- the famous person model. Right, that there are others out there, and others include yourself. Right, that that. ADHD is is a condition of immediacy, right? We're in our moment and we're not really considering our history. We have a history of success. We have a history of successes and to look back on those successes. And again, they don't have to be grand and enormous and you write perfect tens in the Olympics or world records, but looking back and finding those smaller successes when you've been optimal, when you've been successful and to take those, pull them out and to apply them. So that's great. I think another thing that can happen is right, going big and, and having a positive impact. Right, it's, this, it's, it's expansive. It's big. And, th- and that's where we people get overwhelmed with the possibility. And so instead of just going big, to first, I like to say it's like an hourglass, right? Go narrow before you go big. And what I mean by that is to get curious about sort of your specific role, specific
0: environments,
1: where you have positive impact.
0: So, yeah, Cam, um... Not to keep coming back to the formation of the podcast itself, but I think it's a really relevant example here of going narrow before you go big. I've known for a long time that I want to start a podcast uh, for a number of reasons, Um, one of which one of my primary strengths is in conversation. I produce content better when I'm having a conversation. But what I didn't know is what's the topic, what's the hook, what makes it different? And I'm not going to go into the whole idea behind translating ADHD again, because I did that in episode two. But when that idea came forth, it suddenly all made sense. And I knew exactly who I was going to ask to co-host, which was you. And I approached it with, make the ask. And if he says, yes, take it from there. And if he says, no, take it from there. Don't worry about how big it's going to be, how good it's going to be. Just take the step. And so I did, I made the ask. And I guess that brings up sort of a curiosity for me because this on your side might've been a stepping stone that you weren't even looking for. So what was, what was that like on your side?
1: Well, if you recall, Shelley, I think it wasn't like I took a long time to consider uh, this decision.
0: No, it was a pretty instant yes. (laughs) I think I spent more time worrying about what you would say than you took to answer by orders of magnitude.
1: Well, and so I think it was. uh, In coaching, we talk a lot about informed choice, and and this was sort of this was informed, right? Thinking that it's likely that Cam's going to say yes because of our past experience, the fact that we've worked with each other, the fact that we enjoy working with each other, and that you saw your role and you saw a role for me right that it was something that um, and even uh, at conference we even talked about you know sort of distinguishing that I was the uh, ADHD linguist and you were the ADHD interpreter right? Wow yeah um, I, I like I like this as an example because again it's a great example of Kind of dreaming big, but taking real steps, right? And just what you said there is like make the ask, and don't get kind of pulled into what is Cam gonna say, Uh, what is Cam not gonna say, right? Um, And I think that that's where people with ADHD can get hung up, right? Is they don't commit to the ask because they're thinking about the 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 possible outcomes right and then get overwhelmed and not necessarily make the ask or if cam says no that it like destroys the whole uh concept
0: yeah we can sort of spiral outward into potential negative outcomes or even potential scary positive outcomes right as much as what if nobody listens what if it blows up and a million people listen right? right like and, and then, you can get so mired in that that you don't take the step.
1: Right. From my side, you know, it's it's the reason why I responded relatively quickly was because I have a lot of content. I have a, a lot of information that I've cultivated over the years, but disseminating that information is my I would say, a challenge area, right? Again, the sequencing of that, the process of rolling that out. And so you also recognize, you also are aware uh, or appreciate when I said yes, it was very specific yes, right? Like I'm doing, I want to do this and I don't want to do that. (laughs) Right. And, and fortunately, you know, it was sort of how we delineated task and role worked out really well, right? That you were comfortable with what I was not comfortable with and vice versa. You know, so, so again, that kind of mutual appreciation and recognition of a resource to get across that rope bridge that we talk about right? To positive outcome. I, I can't help. I, I, the thing where I'm going to is just appreciating the topic today around journey thinking and positive outcomes and positive impacts. And last week's podcast around embracing your unique brain wiring. And what comes to mind here is sort of like a yin-yang picture for me is this, in order to go big and have a big impact, there has to be an appreciation of who you are and how you operate in the world. And so it comes back to understanding, what are your contributions? How can you contribute? What are your strengths? And being comfortable in those strengths operating there, as opposed to trying to just um, mitigate challenges Which I think so many people unfortunately do with ADHD is they spend so much time trying to mitigate the negative and not make room for positive inspiration, um, things that bring joy and fulfillment.
0: Yeah. And another tie-in from last week and embracing your unique brain wiring was the discussion that we had around how you came to understand That you work best in collaboration, right? So, that knowing made this opportunity in some ways a no brainer, right? I work best in collaboration. Here's what I can do and the strengths that I bring. Here's what I'm limited by because of time constraints or not wanting to do constraints. And you're at a point in your career where you're allowed to very definitively decide what you don't want to do. And that's what allowed it to take shape so quickly, right? That's what made the yes so easy. I know that I work well in collaboration. Here is a collaborative project that gives me an opportunity to do the things I want to do. And the, the boundaries I need to set are boundaries that work in this partnership. So, it's all of that together. And it's all that just deep self knowing, right? And by the way, Cam has like 15 to 20 years of ADHD self awareness on me here. So, you know, if you don't know yourself quite that well yet, it's okay. I don't either. But he's got a lot of experience with being aware of and understanding his own ADHD experience.
1: Right. Well, with that, 15 to 20 years of awareness. I also have 15 to 20 years on you too.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I wasn't going to bring that up, Cam.
1: <laughs> so you're right on you're right on track, Shelly. You're right on track. <laughs> right on course of your journey. Yeah, the other thing is it was easy for me to say yes because I knew how we worked with each other. Right? That we've collaborated around other things before. As student and trainer, as mentor and mentee, as as coach and coachy, and also as collaborators, right? This is not our first collaboration. And the fact that we are able to talk through any dilemma and come to a solution, it doesn't matter. Again, back to the, the narrowing and the widening in the hourglass. As long as we have that, right? The ability to problem solve. And have a positive outcome. And this is, by the way, not ADHD. This is, this is about human nature. This is what motivates individuals. Do I have autonomy to solve my problems? Or do we have the ability or autonomy to solve our problems? Right? And, um, and is there a pathway forward? But in order to create that pathway forward, we have to have a sense of what is that bigger impact that we're going for? It wasn't until that I actually it wasn't until that I actually kind of like went super big with that, right? You know, my big one is really about celebrating neurodiversity. Right? Where neurodiversity is no longer there's no longer shame or stigma related to neurodiversity. That's it. It's it's simple, but it's big. And that, you know, in, until I really embrace that, that's, again, an additive to my rocket fuel. And then me understanding my role, right? So I'm educator with a big E, right? That's who I am. And, and so I've got comfort in myself and I understand what, where I'm trying to go. Am I going to get there? Uh, maybe, maybe not. But I, I'm seeing signs of it. And again, i'm not it's not just me that's making it happen. it's also I'm seeing it out there in the world. It's just so refreshing to see people talk about ADHD, right? Because now they're they're moving past shame and stigma, and they're normalizing that. Still, we have work to do.
0: Absolutely. so. I kind of want to bring everything together here Um, and certainly everything that Cam just said um, goes for me too. But I want to contextualize all of this based on where we've been today. So today's episode really ended up being about journey thinking versus destination thinking, right? The first step of which is knowing what your big agenda is and not that it has to be super clear right? Cam just described that latching onto the idea of neurodiversity and being excited about the changes that are happening there for those of us that are not neurotypical and how we're talking about those things ignited a spark for him, right? So his big agenda is around doing work there. That's not super clear and that's okay, right? Knowing that much, Allowed him to narrow, right? And look for opportunities to do just that. The other big piece is knowing that big agenda and keeping that in mind gets us out of problem based thinking, out of if I could be more organized or if I could be more productive or if I could be less ADHD, right? Then maybe I could do something and gets us into this is where I'm going. Managing ADHD is part of that process, but it's not about the problem. It's about the journey. Where am I heading?
1: So all this has me thinking, Shelly, of just all the possibilities that, that we have, right? The topics that we can talk about here in this podcast, right? Just, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. To, it's fascinating to see that as we're talking about this, we're actually experiencing this, right? Yeah. <laughs> Going through the narrow spot, and like, it's cool, right? And you know, I, I do a lot around shifting the signal in the brain out of the limbic into the, the front of the brain, right? These more positive areas of the brain, I can actually kind of feel that happening right now as we're talking about this stuff. So this is really exciting.
0: I agree. So listener... What's your big agenda? That's something to be thinking about. And again, keeping in mind that it doesn't have to be super clear, right? I have a client whose big agenda, she loves what she does. And she's got three things that need to be met. She wants to have education, like you, Cam. She's got that big E, educator. She wants to do field work. And she wants to be in the theoretical of her field, right? Now, at this moment, those are being met in three different roles, but they don't necessarily have to be, right? You notice this is not a signpost to a specific job or a specific career path. It is a signpost of what I want out of my career and how I will know that I'm getting there. So be thinking about that. What can you anchor to that will get you out of the problem thinking, out of the limbic? and into the journey thinking. This is the direction I want to head. This is my signpost. Now I can start to look for steps in that direction.
1: And another thing I'll add is to pay attention to stories you tell yourself uh, or beliefs that you believe that kind of are counter to this big thinking right? Oh, no, 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 you can't do that. You can't dream that big because of X or because of Y, right? Stories and narratives are powerful, but just paying attention to those is a part of this process. It's as you consider your big agenda to also consider who in there, and that as you dialogue to yourself, what are they saying to throw up roadblocks?
0: Yeah. And are those roadblocks valid or not? Right. Right. All right. Awesome stuff today, Cam. Um, As always, we would love to hear your feedback. What are you getting out of this topic? What's your big agenda? Right? If you can't get to a big agenda, what's standing in the way? So all of our contact information is on the website, translatingadhd.com. You can get to us on Twitter at translatingadhd. And until next week, I'm Shelly. And I'm Cam. And this was Translating ADHD. Thanks so much for listening.